1: All uh, right, Chuck D right here at the Hong Kong Airport, getting ready to go to New York and Los Angeles respectively. Davey DMX, along with DJ Lord sitting across. We're at the Hong Kong Airport, just finished playing Indonesia, at Jakarta, where we just had a rousing concert. Now we're heading back to the USS of A. And uh, I got Davey D right here, I'm going to ask him some basic questions right here. For you don't stop at rapstation.com. All right, Dave. Um, Your song, One for the Treble, was rediscovered when it appeared on the rap station in the video game Grand Theft Auto. Did you know that? Yeah. Um, Also, Vice City. What was your immediate reaction when you heard about this? And do you see this as a positive way to connect today's youth with the old school?
2: Yeah, I definitely do. Um, Video games and uh, TV things. I always always put... um, classic hip-hop and R&B as well, and, and to the kids' ears, uh, you know, it's just a way um, they identify with old-school music through TV and video. Were you surprised? No, I wasn't surprised, you know, it was a, a Mr. Magic uh, pick um, that he had, you know, uh, Houdini, Curtis Blow, Fat Boys was was all involved in the Grand Theft Auto. That was the, f- the first video, I mean, the first Vice City game, um, Grand Theft Auto.
1: The Rap music has become the most popular music genre, they say, today. And as somebody who started his career as a DJ in the late 1970s, did you ever believe that rap would become this popular that it is today, 30 years later?
2: I always knew rap was going to be big. Uh, I, not, well, Maybe not as big as it is now, but I always knew it was going to be big. It's going to... Um, be a part of the mainstream of music. You uh, played
1: you played the arenas your first year
2: out. Yeah, um, we opened up for the for the Commodores and um, we did did uh, United States with the Commodores, and I uh, also did uh, the show with Bob Marley at the Garden, which was a classic show. But um, that was his last big show. Mm. Mm-hmm. You played with the Clash too. Oh yeah, we toured with the Clash in, uh, in the United States as well. Is DJing. In producing a dying art
1: form, I mean, like, DJ records, instrumentals, you made a classic instrumental record, and it seemed like there was once upon a time, it was, that was, you know, an instrumental would come up. What do you think is, uh, you know, is the problem right now without instrumentals? Because it's one thing it's about just, like, cats is taking the vocals off, but, I mean, back when you made one for, for the treble, that was a straight-out instrumental smash.
2: You know, before it was—it was, it was uh, we had a collaboration of, of different things. Now, you know, people are flying their vocals in and so on and so forth. So it, it doesn't have a, a um, that connection to me. You know what I mean? So if you had a good instrumental record, uh, you might you might as well just leave it. You know what I'm saying? Instead of having to um, compromise the, the the feel you have with with somebody in, in and. Uh, putting a different subject matters over it and just let it be free. The track kind of be free. Do you feel that, that sometimes a, a, a rapper or a vocalist could mess up a track? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I think that's something you should uh, sit down with and, you know, uh, you know, work that out. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, there's always different ways where you have the vocals and you, you put a, a, a track to somebody's vocals than somebody putting the vocals to your track. So... Um, yeah, sometimes, you know, you, you just leave things alone. You know, you just put a chorus on there or something and just just go with it.
1: Over your 30-plus years, you know, your history of hip-hop runs deep. Uh, you're a pioneering artist and a producer. Looking back on your career, is there a highlight for you and something that strikes you as this is something I'm most proud of?
2: Well, I, uh, the Crush Groove soundtrack is one, and um, doing Beast of the Rhymes with Jam Master J, uh, producing that. Um, also, um... One of the, I produced one of the last poets, um, Jalal, from the last poets. Uh, i, I say one of the top three um, things I did. How did it work with
1: yourself, Larry Smith, Ron, J. D. in the studio? I mean, how was that um, atmosphere?
2: It was a close family uh, type thing with uh, Larry Smith, who also produced Houdini, Lobo Starsky, and a few other records. Uh, you know... Um, you know, we, were, we was always tight, being that um, we worked with Curtis Blow. He did Curtis Blow's uh, co-produced uh, Christmas Rapping in the Breaks. So then we got to do Orange Crush action with Russell and also uh, Jimmy Spicer, Bubble Bunch, and Dollar Bill. What was
1: it like watching um, Run DMC grow as artists? Because you was there at the beginning. How was the whole thing when you seen them go from in the beginning into like, because you already had been there. With Curtis Blow, and you already had played all these places, and you seen like Run. He was like son of Curtis Blow, twelve years old. What was uh What was it like when they actually emerged to get real big?
2: It was incredible how um, Larry Smith gave him that little rock edge. He, he gave he gave him that little rock edge that was kind of uh, made them a little different than everybody else at that time. But we always had classic rock records um, and hip hop. And uh, they, they were just one of the first to, to um, just have it produced, you know, by Larry Smith. So, like, what was it like um, getting the
1: call to come in and play uh, bass for a Public Enemy, um, you know, replacing Brian Hargroove? And as a bass player, is it somebody that you looked up to for inspiration over the years, or do you carve your own path of, as a musician?
2: Uh, when I when I think of um, playing and. Making new bass lines, I always think of good times or something better like that. But, you know, making a better bass line than good times, pretty much, um, is my standard, kind of. Um, I listen to uh, a, a lot of um, Stanley Clark. You know, I was, I'm also a guitar player, so, you know, Al Domenico, Return to Forever, Chick career. I mean, how did you start?
1: I mean, Playing instruments, I know
2: church and. I actually started, but uh, I had some friends. We we was on some Michael, some Jackson Five thing, and I asked my father to uh, get me a guitar just so I could hold it like Tito Jackson. And uh, these years went by, and um, I, I was walking by somebody's house and I heard them playing. So uh, you know they, I, I went in there and they they uh, showed me how to tune my guitar. It was actually wrong the first time. So my, my first year playing was, I didn't know how to tune the guitar right. So once I learned, I had to relearn. Did you know this person? Did you just walk through there? Yeah, I, I did. I did. I, I ended up knowing him. I knew the, um, the drummer and the guitar player. When You got the call to play for P.E. I
1: mean, how did that come about? Um, how, did, how did that work? Because it seemed to develop into a, a
2: nice fit. Actually, um, I, I saw the you were playing in, in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, I called Griff to get some tickets. And he, he, he told me that uh, Brian wasn't gonna wasn't gonna be here for one or two shows, so he asked me that I did I have my bass and I wanted to play. I said definitely. So um, you know, I, I did, did two shows with uh, PE and um, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, went to Raleigh and and also Atlanta. Um, definitely, it's history. Uh, I guess Brian went on to do other things and. Uh, You know, I got called to um, stand in for him, take his place.
1: Davy DMX has given the reins to craft a classic artist hip-hop tour. What five artists would you love to see on that type of tour?
2: Of course, I would love to see uh, Run DMC uh, get back and do their thing. Of course, PE, of course. Uh, Even EPMD, Eric D, Rakim might be a good fit. House of Pain... So or, or Cypress Hills.
1: In the early days, when there was no formula and no rules, you really broke ground with the sampling that you was doing. Could you imagine hip hop getting as big as it has on a worldwide scale without doing that?
2: Without sampling, I, I, I was one of the last uh, producers to uh, to want a sample because I, you know, I always play instruments, so I. I could always just listen to something and just just play. emulate emulate the the feeling of it. Not to say the exact pattern, but just emulate the feeling of it, you know. And um, made uh, made original hip hop music, you know. Which um, I give credit to Larry Smith as well uh, of laying down that groundwork of, of, of original hip hop music and not not sampling and and, and taking other people's like doing uh, good times like Sugar Hill Gang did. Why does just seem like? The history of hip hop is just sort of slanted where
1: people don't get credit where credits due.
2: Well, people not being able to tell their own story, so um, other people were just assuming of I guess how things went, and uh, you know that's that put that in the media, and that's 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 what it becomes, you know. Um, instead of people researching a little more to find out exactly what really happened. Right, there's a rumor
1: that um, you've been invigorated and. You hit in the studio to bust out a lot of tracks and put out the album. What happened to um, some of the things in your catalog, and um, how do you see uh, you going about releasing this for the future?
2: Well, as we talked before about um, releasing um, compilation or unreleased stuff, um, I I, I definitely have hundreds of tracks, hundreds. Uh, I have an unreleased Def Jam album. I'm in the process of all getting together right now. My
1: first start tour with you, I mean, I started touring with you, and our first year, you was um, you had your album out. and Hurricane was your theme rapper. How did that come along? Where Hurricane becoming your main rapper?
2: Hurricane is from Hollis. That well, I had a, a, a DJ crew, a rap crew called um, Solo Sounds, and uh, Hurricane and Cool T, which was uh, known later as the Afros was my my original MCs so um we you know we played in the park actually I was playing in the park and yeah, I really didn't have MCs I was just I didn't really need none <laughs> I went hard so uh so they they, they came about they came and we kind of joined joined up from from just being local in uh, 34. 34 Park and um, 192 in Jamaica Park, in Queens. How
1: was it around home when you first got famous? Because the thing, the things changed for you on your block.
2: <laughs> Not really. I, I, you know, I had a lot of friends in my neighborhood, man. So it, it was basically the same circle. So, um, you know, more more knocks at your door and stuff like that. Actually, I, I remember a time where young MC knocked on my door to, to battle. Young MC? Uh, young MC, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I lived on 215 in Hollis. He lived on 211 for Hollis Avenue. Before he moved to L.A. Before he moved to L.A. to go to college. Did he know you? Yeah, he, he knew me from the neighborhood, you know what I mean? Like, you know you have other DJs in the neighborhood just, like, trying to get at you. So he knocked at my door. I'm like, um, yeah, you don't knock on my door and, um, and approach me like that, but come on in. I'll go first. <laughs>
1: You remember the day that me and Hank came to your house, and we came to this—I uh, think we came to a side door and you had right. the studio set up.
2: Yeah, just just like things like that, you know. Um, I don't know how we were met. Whether I came out to one of the Spectrum parties or something like that, but um, we we uh, we got together by the house, and I listened to your stuff. I, I liked it, but I I wasn't in a position to really take it to to where it needs to go. So I you know suggested the um uh, the Def Jam to y'all. And that's, it's history from there. I remember going to the house, but I remember like,
1: oh, you knock on the door. Well, you knock on the door. I'm not knocking on the door. You might just come out and just yell at us or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah We was happy that you took our meeting.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, this is a great Davey DMX for hiphopguys.com. And uh, always a pleasure. And, you know, like I, I got your page up. I'm putting just things up. And so I think this interview is going to get around big time. Thank you. Appreciate it.